All right, good evening, everybody. Episode number nine of the Jimmy Palumbo Show, a.k.a. episode Greg Nettles, okay? Or the Roger Maris episode, those of you that are over 85 listening to my podcast. Good to have you back here live from downtown Matawan. That's right. That's my Burbank, if you're a Johnny Carson fan. I always bring up lovely downtown Matawan here. The most depressing stretch of Matawan are right where these studios are, which is why they probably got them so cheap. And their rent's going to go up now because I brought that up. Um, well, interesting week here at the Chop Sports Network. Um, it seems like every week I add something to the Chop Sports Network. It's either Joe Matteris or John Zappanaro with his Jet podcast, which... I find funny that I'm bringing my buddy in to do like a, uh, oh, he's not a jet pod, it's the Met one he's doing, but he's a jet fan too, he's going to have that one on a jet podcast, what a nightmare that is. Um, but my buddy John Sapinow is on the network, which is cool, and so is Joe Mattery, so we also, um, as I'm in charge of the intern program here at Chop Sports <laughs> Network, and uh, I'm bringing in Peter McNally, that's right. Out of Hartford, um, he's sitting here now uh, videotaping me. Um, he's a rookie intern, but he's probably more, we don't know yet, he's probably more brilliant. We could be sitting with like Bill Gates or the, the Howard Stern of podcast, and we're treating him like a piece of garbage, which is funny. But his dad and his uh, mother, Penny, lovely people from Ramsey, New Jersey, I actually sing in his dad's band, uh, Red Label, along with my buddy Dave DeLisi and Paul Simpson. Um, but we have a new intern here. Um, he has no idea what he's doing. And uh, when he gets stuck in traffic on the parkway, he'll text me and complain about that. And I'll say, listen, ask for more money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's my funny joke of the week. But what a week it was indeed. There's a couple of big issues going on in my life. Um, Number one, I played softball again yesterday. Um, At this point, we have what I call hull damage, okay? Um, Johnny Trino, a.k.a. Jimmy Palumbo, 38-year veteran of softball. I'm 0 for 11 on the year. Now, out of those 11 at-bats, two of them I hit the ball nice. I'll give give myself that. The other nine at-bats, there were dribblers. There were uh, uh, just uh, my ankle and toes hurt running down at first. Just nothing going on there. Very, very depressed. Our team is 0-3. The pot bellies. And they were saying how I fit right into the pot bellies because I have a pot belly. And they're also were critiquing some of the videos we've been posting. So I'm getting critiqued by bad old players. Um, well, some of them aren't bad. They're way better than me. But back in the day, they weren't. But now they are because they're younger. Um, so the team stinks. And I'm part of the stink. And I have nothing to say. However, however... There were some some of the fans down down the right field line that were there to see Johnny Trinnell play. Um, I finally got out of the infield and played the outfield because I thought our outfield stunk. And I told the coach, I said, put me in the outfield. So for like four innings, four or five innings, um, nothing, nothing happened to me out there at all. A couple of base hits I threw in. But then this lefty got up and he hit a couple of base hits to me and I filled and threw him in. And he hit a bomb over my head. But Johnny Trudeau got on his horse. Now, I'm not saying it's a full stallion Kentucky Derby horse. Probably one of those horses that you see at the kids' carnivals that they ride around. But I got on that horse, okay? And I went back with a 
over-the-shoulder Willie Mays-esque play. He had me beeped. I stuck my glove out. But I had it. I had it on my radar. So I can get this. I got this thing. Even though my gut was swaying, my feet were hitting divots, it was a sloppy mess. Over-the-shoulder, complete extension, caught it in and threw it back in uh, for the standing ovation by some of the people that were there for Johnny Trino. But they didn't realize I was 0 for 4 on the day, and we lost 9-7. to we, we scored six runs in the last inning to cut it to 9-7. And here's what's sad about this league. There, there was runners on first and second with two outs when the game ended, and we thought we were down like 20 to nothing. We didn't realize it was 9-7 with two outs in softball with runners on first and second. That means, like, the game is in play, right? <laughs> so, like, I was like, how bad is this? I'm three beers deep, and I, I'm 0 for 11 on the year. I don't even know what the score is of the game. So pathetic. I came home. Um, I took a shower. I was just so disgusted. I, um, I ended up doing a podcast, the Wooden Spoon podcast. Those of you scoring at home. And, uh, you know, that, that podcast was fun to do. The guy was really nice. We had a lot of fun. We talked about some things. So that was my Sunday night. Of course, I did watch. Um, there was tremendous programming for sports on Sunday night uh, on a channel called MSG. Um, I'm at the point now where uh, MSG, uh, after 25 years of stations like the Yes Network and ESPN being uh, uh, so important in everyone's lives, I really personally think right now that, uh, if MSG wanted $50 a month, um, I would pay the $50 a month because the New York Knickerbockers are, uh, they're, they're, they're real, they're the real deal. I just know it. I'm excited about it. And they blew out a very bad team, Houston Rockets, who thought it would be good to get rid of Harden. Um, which again, that, I hope that whole GM and I would fire the owner there. Like, let's take a great player. And of all time, who scores 70 points a game and get rid of him for like draft picks or something like that. Um, that reminds me of another professional uh, franchise that's about to thinking about getting rid of their um, favorite player. But we'll do more on that later on. All right. Now it's part of the show where we talk about Jimmy Palumbo's bookings. And um, we all know what that means. That means it's time to do my live read for Absolute Eyewear. Now, normally, I have a, a sheet of paper, but I we, I left it at home that I could, you know, I needed to print out. So one of the great things about Chop Sports Network is they got this gorgeous printer that was given to them, um, and that was a month ago. And right now on DraftKings, I'm up forty grand because I keep on betting every week that they will not set up the printer. Okay, <laughs> and so every time I come here, I need to print something out, and the printer is sitting lonely in the corner, dusty. And then I find out that it's not a wireless printer, which means, like, to me, not having a wireless printer now that's like having an abacus to do your taxes. Okay, and every week here now, I'm bringing interns in, I'm bringing programming into Job Sports Network, and what happened, I'm tempted to send Peter McNally to Staples right now, and for $119, come home with a gorgeous Hewlett Packard wireless printer here at the Omni from Atlanta, but no, but no, I am going to have to read it now from my screen, um, so here we go, the Jimmy Palumbo booking section, which by the way is the worst name of a, of a section of a podcast <laughs> of all time, I'm aware of that, and now I can change it because it's such a lousy name. But the Jimmy Palumbo's booking is brought to you by, I hear the crowd roar, Absolute Eyewear getting involved here, Main Street in Woodbridge, New Jersey. They are a full-service 
optical place. You go in there, get all kinds of glasses. Go talk to Janine and Craig. Um, they'll take care of you. They'll measure you. Their phone number is 732-326-3937. These two brother and sister team, they'll do everything. They got prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses. They got non-prescription sunglasses. They got those sunglasses that are like the expensive ones where like when you're out at a bar like and you go, look at that jerk off wearing those sunglasses. They got those. They actually tried to sell me those one time. I'm like, no, I can't because those are those jerk off glasses that those guys wear, those guidos, like those on the Jersey Shore and you live in Jersey and you're a cowboy fan kind of shades. They have them too at reasonable prices. They have prescription safety glasses, prescription sports glasses they got motorcycle glasses i'm I'm thinking about yeah i'm just laughing at that motorcycle glasses like how many of my listeners like are driving a motorcycle listening to my podcast right now going i'm gonna pull right in motorcycle prescription motorcycle glasses they also got contacts they do eye exams but the best thing is that they're like they're great people so when you go in there i always say you go to a store and even though you buy something you don't feel good about it they're the complete opposite. They make you feel good. They're nice people. They were born in the area. They've been open a long time, 16, 17 years. They know what they're doing. Their prices are good. And, and, uh, you just got, they have all kinds of discounts. Uh, a triple, a double, uh, triple A, AARP, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, the whole bit. But my favorite part of this ad is I have to do what kind of glasses they have. And what do we do? Your attention, please. Now selling sunglasses at absolute eyewear. Craig and Janine, Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, Sunglasses, Costa Del Mar, Sunglasses. You know, and I, last week I did Jim Corvallis doing that, but like, I feel like I do a little uh, Frank Messer. Here's a guy selling sunglasses back in 2021. Ray-Ban coach, your friend and mine, Jimmy Choo. Now, anybody who gets that material, I'm going to try a little Bill White. Here's Ray-Ban coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Court, Deep to Left. Vogue, Maui Jim, cost the demo, and look at that Yankee bench. Um, that's my Bill White. <laughs> I'm running out of enough. I can still do Marv, you know. Rayban, Coach, and Ralph Lauren getting involved here on Main Street. Jimmy Choo and Michael Kors wants to talk it over. Um, I guess I can do Jim Carvalho over to Rayban, over to Coach. No good. Rebound Ralph Lauren. Gets it out to Jimmy Choo, the silhouette to Michael Kors, and he's fouled. And Absolute Eyewear wants to talk it over here from the Omni in Atlanta. I swear, I wish that arena was. I would, even though that arena doesn't exist anymore, in my dreams, I, I want to do my podcast live from the Omni. Um, but anyway, Absolute Eyewear, 732-326-3937. Um, we're going for the Guinness Book of World Records, the longest live read. Um, some people actually think that it's this podcast is an Absolute Eyewear podcast, and Jimmy Plumbo runs his ads on there, which could be. They got glasses for every budget. That's right. Discount for seniors, um, all that stuff. But the cool thing is they have a, a deal with my many, many listeners. $100 off a complete pair of prescription eyeglasses. When you mention this podcast, key phrase, a complete pair. That includes the frame, the lenses. But I always add you have to get a, a printed out picture of me from the internet and bring it in so that way they can stick them on the wall. Hopefully someday the place is just inundated with, with my face all over the thing. But that's it. That was, uh, I did four sports announcers now. I don't even know who else I can do. Um, 
You know, I mean, I could do Jim Gordon, Jim Gordon from the Giants. This is Ray Man looking coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Tudor silhouette. Michael Kors looking, looking Vogue. He's got Vogue. Um, <laughs> you know what? That's how I should have opened up my show. This is Jim Gordon alongside Dick Lynch. Football Giants are on the air. Anybody who gets that material, I'll send them a dollar. Oh, I'm, I'm losing money on this show. You realize that? <laughs> Between tolls, gas, and me imitating Jim Gordon. He's been dead for 20 years. Um, and anybody who says, yeah, Artie used to do Jim Gordon, I dare you to get in touch with Artie and say, Artie, how did you learn how to do Jim Gordon? And it's the Jimmy Palumbo Show. Anywhere, Absolute Eyewear, 732-326-3937. Hey, guys, this is Sturge from Chop Sports, and I want to talk to you about a new hobby of mine, and that's real estate. Ever since we brought on our resident realtor here at Chop Sports, that's all I can think about. So we got another one. You know who's really good at this stuff? Jay Devlin of CRG Homes. Jay is out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and business is booming. Whether you're looking to relocate, buy, rent, or literally purchase property and watch your stacks get higher, Jay is the guy to do this for you. He's already in the process of helping me out right now on a possible summer home. Call Jay right now, 843-315-5913, and have yourself a chat and learn about all the perks and tell him Chop Sports sent you. You know, as I get older, I tend to appreciate different things. One thing I love now more than I ever have in the past is some unique furniture. Not just any furniture, unique custom furniture made by Battle Rattle Woodworks. He's specializing in charcuterie boards for all those parties you're about to host when this weather gets a little nicer. Even better, if you enter the code CHOP15 at checkout, you're going to get 15% off your entire purchase. Massive savings on some unique American-made stuff. Help support your local veteran right now and visit them on social media at Battle Rattle Woodworks. Now, this is going to be a very interesting Jimmy Plumbo's booking here because it's a, um, it's part of a three-part booking scenario, okay? And there's really no scandal here like there was last week. And I got a lot of emails about uh, Lenny Clark and the show I was when he got me fired, uh, which is I'm just going officially with that now. I've, I've you know, I've realized that it's, it was 20 years ago, and I'm, 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 I'm living in a shitty apartment in Mawa, so it's time to just say, hey, Lenny, y- you won, bro. I didn't. Um, <laughs> final score, Lenny Clark, 81. Jimmy Palumbo, 72. El Garbage time for most of the way. But this week is going to be an interesting thing with uh, – so this I'm going to call this the J.C. Chandor bookings. Now, J.C. Chandor is a big-time director in Hollywood. He directed movies like Margin Call, Most Violent Year, and he also directed a very big, um, for me anyway, Adobe commercial. He's a, he started out as a commercial director, and he, um, he ended up uh, shooting a, his first movie was Margin Call. Now, I booked a part in this movie. I, I didn't know him at all. I know him from a can of paint. And where we shot it was... Right at Madison Square Garden, uh, the, the building right next to it, that tall building, and at one entire floor. And you don't realize that that building is in the center of Manhattan, and they had cleared out an old-time, big-time law office, so the whole thing was completely empty. And that has four views, north, south. It, the, the views of Manhattan are phenomenal. We were on like the 40th floor. So I go up there. And when I got there, I had a, I played a security guard. And my role was, it was about Wall Street. And my role was, when you get fired on Wall Street, security comes to your office, they take your laptop, they take your keys, they take your, it's, it's pretty abrupt. Like, and I, my job, and my character's job was to actually 
put you onto the street politely. If you give me any heat, then we bring in like other guards and stuff like that. So I get there, and in the, in the scene, it's going to be with uh, uh, Demi Moore and or Demi Moore, as I call her. And um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. How bad am I? Um, I'll think about it. It's the guy from Big Night um, with Monk. Oh my God, what the. Heck? Uh, my, I'm going to have one of my crack producers get his name. It's embarrassing that I completely forgot it. Anyway, I, there was a scene where they're talking. I was supposed to be inside the room, and it was a glass uh, office. Um, so in, that's how we did the first rehearsal. I was inside the room. And the director came up to me and said, uh, um, Stanley Tucci, that was his name, Stanley Tucci. Um, so, by the way, Demi Moore, okay, now this was, this was going back a little bit. Demi Moore, first of all, now she wasn't young at the time. She's not young now, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. First down at the seven-yard line, Palumbo behind center, Demi Moore wide right. The whole building knows where this one's going to. She is, she's, I mean, her in, inside the 10, she, I mean, she's like Plaxico. It's, it's just, it's, she's going to get a touchdown. She had, she was beautiful. She was sweet. Um, Stanley Tucci was kind of nice. Um, the whole, the whole crew was really nice. But so I'm in the room and we do one rehearsal. But Demi Moore, as I learned right on the set, was hired, and this doesn't happen with movies. Someone else was signed on to do the movie. She got hired like seven hours before they started shooting. It's like a last minute casting. Someone dropped out or someone got sick. I don't know. And so JC, who, the director, who I didn't know, wrote this movie. He comes in the room and she asked a question, okay, about what kind of scene is this? And he goes, well, this is the scene where you both are getting fired and you're sitting in the room and you're waiting to find out what your golden parachute is. And some guys find out they're getting fired, they're getting let go, you're going to get $40 million, and you can't work in, in Wall Street for two years. But other guys, same thing, except they only get eight grand, and like it's big, and they, that's where the lawsuits happen after that. So then she, she asked him another question, and he realized he really hadn't discussed, and this is why it was so cool to be privy to this. JC sat in a chair in between Stanley Tucci and Demi Moore and discussed the whole movie with them why he made the movie. His father was fired that way. He was on Wall Street for a little bit. He got kind of let go that way. That was like this whole underbelly of Wall Street. And that's what inspired him to do, um, to do this whole movie. And he went through the characters, everything. Now, as a, as a character actor, you know, as a guy batting ninth, uh, half the time, you, uh, you know, bunting, moving the, I was just there to move the runners over, right? You never get privy to this conversation where the director's talking to the stars of the movie about, his inspiration, you just don't get that. I was like sitting there in my, I had this red jacket on, this bad security jacket. And I was able to sit there and listen in. So the, literally he talked for like an hour. And they really got to know the feel of it, the tension in the room, who's going to get a lot of money, who's not. It was really cool. And then all of a sudden we get done, we're ready to shoot. And someone says, you know, Jimmy, you should be outside the room. So next thing you know, I'm outside and I'm turned away from the camera. So all you see is the back of my head, like my little half red brown hair lock sitting in the door. And then I, I shot a bunch of scenes like as we're escorting him out. Because he, he uh, Stanley Tucci kind of can't believe he's getting, uh, he's getting kicked out of the thing. But it was, the coolest thing was it got really late at night. And the whole floor you don't realize how a major building in new york how big those floors are it was as clear night as you can possibly be 
I was able to look at views of New York City that were unbelievable. And they said they cut a deal with the building because the renters weren't coming in for like two weeks. They shot like all the office scenes in there. And the, the, the views that the cameraman had to shoot of New York City were uh, you could shoot down on the garden, straight out to the Empire State Building, down to the Twin Towers were gone, but the, you know, the, the, uh, the Wall Street area, uptown. And I just sat there like having coffee and snacks while I wasn't, you know, we weren't doing anything. And just like, oh my God, this view is unbelievable. But I, I ended up talking to JC and he was, uh, you know, friendly. Cut to, he did another movie called uh, um, uh, uh, The Most Violent Year. And he shot that movie. It snowed 15 like days in a row and it was eight degrees in New York City shooting a movie. And I played a barber that's about to cut this guy's hand, a hair, hand, cut, cut this guy's hand off. And what happens is a mobster comes in, wants to almost look like he's, they're going to shoot him, and there's this standoff between uh, the two guys, the guy in the chair and the guy who walks in. But the guy who walks in gives me a signal as if, like, go in the back room, right? So it's a really cool scene. I have, like, one line in it and stuff like that. Uh, but it was cool to work with them again. Um, but here's the crazy thing. The night before... I had a gout attack. I couldn't move. So I thought, okay, I'll just stand there by the thing. So when he told me I had to walk to the back of the building, I was like, I'm not going to be able to walk. So I came up with, I, I, I was too embarrassed to say, hey, JC, thanks for hiring me. But I got the gout. You know, can, uh, can somebody uh, please help me out here? So I said to him, I said, hey, JC, w- would it be kind of cool if I like kind of limped a little bit to the back room and maybe it'll set a tone of like, what happened to that guy? Why is he limping? You know, the barber who's in on the mob stuff, you know? So we had to do like 30 takes. I'm walking back. My toe was on fire. I wanted to hang somebody. Um, but I, of course I ended up, you know, uh, seeing him again after that, uh, which was wild because that movie, both movies, Margin Call made, a, uh, I think it's on Netflix or Amazon now. They're very, very intense, very good movies. So he was like two for two coming out of the box and he's got a couple of big stuff coming out. Cut to, I'm auditioning for an Adobe commercial, a, a Super Bowl commercial, right? So I'm thinking, oh, my God, airs a Super Bowl. It'll air after that. You know, man, I'll make some money. Turns out my spot was only going to air before the Super Bowl, okay, the two weeks before. And the spot had to do with, and it's on my website, jimmyplumbo.com, shameless plug here. Um, uh, it's about a guy drinking at a really lousy bar, and he's nervous during the Super Bowl, and it looks like he bet the game. And uh, I, I'm a guy sitting next to him, and I said, you know, you got a bet in the game? He's like, yeah, how much? Like, oh, like a million. And I'm like, and then his, I said, on the game? And now the, so the spot comes on, and the spot's really lame because he didn't use Adobe information and uh, analytics and stuff like that. We shot it in a bar in in the slums of Los Angeles where, where all those homeless people live in, you know, a skid row, as they call it, in a bar, which I've been in some lousy, dive bars in my day we all have this one i got you all beat because this bar was in such a dangerous area they're only open from 10 a.m to 3 p.m think about that okay like not even open not even close to when the sun sets okay no taps beer cans only okay they did have some liquor by just that some liquor i mean there was like a bottle of jack daniels a bottle of tito not tito's it was like a bottle of like you know uh, one of those um, Zerkoff vodkas or whatever, <laughs> generic ones, and like another, another, it was like the most basic of white and brown liquors, and a bottle of like, you know, uh, wine my dad would drink, and I was like, wow, this is like, this is where you, this is where you go to die, so the owner of the bar was there, 
And I was like, ah, man, I got to stop in here one day. He goes, no, no, I don't want you to come to this bar. He goes, I don't even know why I'm open. He was like, this is a dangerous, not a good place to be. Um, we, we used to be a cop bar for a while. So some of the, some of the people that are on Skid Row, they, they avoid us a little bit, but now words out, it's no longer a cop bar. I'm open five hours a day and I'm thinking, if you own a bar in Skid Row open five hours a day, I mean, is that, do we even tell someone, like, if he went out to a bar, what do you do for a living? I own a bar. Oh, whereabouts? Uh, Skid Row. Oh, maybe I'll come by. Well, you got to get there between 10 and 3 p.m. That's like, that's where you go. Anyway, so we end up shooting this spot, but during the audition, they were all excited and I didn't know who was directing it. Next thing you know, at the callback, they had this big TV in the, in the room in New York and I realized that like J.C. Chandor is, is directing the commercial. And I'm like, oh, I got it in. Jimmy Palumbo, two for two with his films. Like, I, you know, at least I'm, I'm going to get at least three good pictures ahead, right? So I say hello to him through the TV screen. You know, we're all wired up and stuff. It's like a Zoom thing. I guess it's what it was. I guess about five years ago, six years ago. And uh, he's not really that friendly to me. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, Jimmy Palumbo thought he knew J.C. Chandler, and he's having none of it right now. Palumbo's one for nine from the floor. So I'm like, oh, my God, how could he not remember me? We totally busted walls. So uh, we end up, I do the audition, and then and then I book it. Right? I'm all fired up, flew out to L.A. I stayed at one of those chic hotels. I call them a Home Depot hotels where – they just rip everything down from the old hotel and only order products from Home Depot. And then they call it like chic. No, it's cheap garbage, $1,100 a night. Like that's how they do that. Like I, I want to get in the hotel business. Like forget, forget about it. Like a Marriott on Route 17. This was like, let's put in everything cheap and make it like, oh, isn't it cool? Like the exposed pipes. No, they didn't want to put sheetrock up. That's what it is. So anyway, so. We, we're on the set and he pulls out. I'm talking to him. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Thanks so much for casting me. And he goes, hey, man, come over here. I want to talk to you for a second. I'm thinking, uh oh, what did I do? You know, I'm going to get fired on my first day here. He goes, dude, sorry I wasn't friendly. He goes, you're not going to believe this, but I had no casting say. And the pre production meetings weren't going well. And they, I think that's what they were going to fire me. So I, once I saw you, I was like, ah, Jimmy's perfect for this role. But I knew if I opened my mouth, you weren't getting the role. And she goes, and even said, see that lady over there? I don't think she wanted to hire you. And I'm like, dude, why are you telling me this? But then I, I rarely do I get cocky on a set because I always think, listen, any actor that thinks they're good sucks, in my opinion, even if you're good. Like if Daniel Day-Lewis was sitting here and he got cocky, I'd be like, all right, calm down, bro. But he's probably the only guy that can do it. Everybody else stinks. So, you know, unless you're Gene Hackman. And uh, so Gene Hackman gets a mention every podcast. Again, why? Because when you're watching TV on late at night and a Gene Hackman movie comes on, you have to watch for at least 25 minutes. So anyway, so we go back in and now I'm like, this, this lady didn't want to catch me. And I was like all over it. I, had like, I was like, Jimmy, just have a couple of good takes so she knows. So we get done doing like six takes. We go back to the tent there where they have all the important people. And I say hello to the, you know, the assistant director and the, and the ad agency and, this, and the lady from Adobe. She looks at me and this other guy and she goes, you guys are dead on perfect. I wasn't sure. But now I'm on. You guys are perfect casting. And she goes, I'm leaving. I'm going back to San Francisco. So I was like, Whoosh. of course, what do I do? I was lousy the rest of the day. But it didn't matter. I got my takes in. So we shoot the spot. It airs. It's a funny spot, I think. It's really funny. So I made $4,000 to shoot this thing, right? But it only airs for a week. So 
The following year, Super Bowl, I get a phone call from my agent. Like, Jimmy, good news. They're actually going to air that spot again a week before the Super Bowl. Another four grand. I'm like, eight grand? This is beautiful, right? Cut to six years later. I get a phone call from a guy in the spot. He's like, Jimmy, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, bro, what's going on, man? Long time since Adobe. He goes, yeah, that's why I'm calling you. I'm like, oh, what's going on? He goes, you know, I, I brought a buddy of mine into my agent. And we were showing him the commercials he's done, and he did another Adobe commercial. And when we went on the site, our spot was running on the Adobe official site. They, they, they weren't allowed. They didn't pay us for that. So I'm like, all right, I'm thinking, I'm going to get another grand. So he goes, um, he goes, dude, we're going to get $15,000. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And I'm like thinking, all right, there was like five actors in it, maybe six, probably divided. I'm going to get three grand, no big deal. So he goes, call up your agent right away. I call her up. And my agent for commercials is like the Michael Jordan. Like, she, 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 she's gold. I said, Tracy, I just got a phone call with the guy. Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. Oh, and so it's still airing. She goes, without even heads, I'll call you back in five minutes. She calls me back in five minutes. She goes, oh, he's right. It's on that site. I've already talked to the ad agency, blah, 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 blah. And we're getting the 15 grand. I was like, all right, well, how much a piece? How many guys are in the spot? She goes, no, $15,000 to you. I was like, 15 grand? Are you kidding me, right? Now, this was, I'll tell you the date it was. This was on March 13th of 2020. The world shut down on what, March 16th? So I got direct deposited a check for $15,000 just as the pandemic was hitting in Palumbo with two huge threes and the pandemic wants to talk it over. Uh, that 15 grand saved my butt but uh so it was a cool thing but and I, you know so just today i realized i gotta have jc chandor on the podcast of course i couldn't find his email his number gone so i sent a note to his manager uh, michael cooper and this guy represents uh uh What's that guy? Taron Egerton, the guy who played Elton John. I did a spot with him. He represents him. He represents every actor known to man. This manager. I figured, I'm going to send him a little note. Jimmy Palumbo from Margin Call. And <laughs> that would be like Brett Gardner calling up the Hall of Fame saying, Hi, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Gardner. I played with the Yankees for 19 years. I'm a compiler. Um, <laughs> so I'm waiting for this guy to email me back, which he hasn't, by the way. So anyway, JC was a cool guy. Um, we, he took he took me out for drinks at one of those hot. The bar at the hotel was one of those hot places, like the places where you they don't let anybody in. But I was already in the hotel, and we drank from like seven o'clock at night till two in the morning on on the ad agency's tab. It was I think it was the ad agency's tab. I didn't pay a dime the night. I swear to God, I I, tr I tried to figure out. I think my tab would have been like $7,000. We were ordering like sushi and there was right. bottle service and I was drinking Johnny Walker Blue. <laughs> and I, I, I was ready to pay for my own share. I mean, I was, I was, I did the old Ralph Cramden, you know, like, oh, yeah. They got, no, no, we got this. So that's my JC Chandor story. Um, my bookings. Hope you enjoyed that one. I certainly did. And I made a lot of money off that guy. So that's it. All right. Well, normally, we, um, we lead into my guest here, but um, what happened was my guest completely blew me off uh, about 16 minutes before the telecast. That is like when, you know, like when the Mets have a game and ev everybody in the world knows it's going to rain in Queens and the Mets decide to still play. Well, that's what we're doing right now. So I decided to have um, the entire Met team here on the podcast. Mets. But oh, God. In instead of getting the shitty Mets, I got uh, two other shitty guys. <laughs> Uh, but they actually own the network the that I'm on. Producers. <laughs> <laughs> my, 
by crackhead producers. <clears throat> no, they are the owners and producers of um, Chop Sports Media. They're going to be on my show today. I'm going to actually interview them. They have no idea what's coming, um, other than something will be from the Omni in Atlanta. <laughs> um, on my show is Chris Gucci and Dave Sturcio. What's up, guys? How, How you, you doing? doing? Oh, pleasure to be here, man. Yeah. Thanks for uh, letting me on. Yes. My well, own you know, show. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, choice, the choices were the jerk-off intern... <laughs> My mother, live via Zoom, or the guys who own the microphones I'm speaking into. So. There you go. Somehow I got the shitty mic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You, you got the bad mic? That's good. Yeah. That's nah, good. Well, well, the worst part about this network, <laughs> first of all, we're going to talk about the negatives. <laughs> here, here's what's awful. I come here every Monday to beautiful downtown Matawan, and I, I got to walk in, I got to look at the Witten jersey, which... That to me is like the, uh, the, the the exorcist, and then behind me I got to look at Deion Sanders, and then I got to look at these. And so, so Dave Sturcho is a big Cowboy fan. He's part of the Dallas Cowboy media. Which I am. I, I, that's hysterical. And I, he's, I a, he's a Cowboy. <laughs> it's still funny though, because you know you think of like you know Fox News and there's Dave Sturcho talking about the Cowboys, but he's a huge Cowboy fan. He's got a million podcasts and he, he knows what he's talking about. He is part of the Dallas Cowboy media, which I think is hysterical. And then you got jerk off Chris here. <laughs> Who's just a Green Bay Packer fan. So what we're going to do now, we're going to break this down a little bit. Um, in the movie Beer League, of course, um, we have a whole scene about if you live in New Jersey, you can't be a Cowboy fan. Mm-hmm. Um, not when you live 20 minutes from Giant Stadium. But I'm going to start off with Chris. Chris, why are you a Green Bay Packer fan? This is a question that obviously everyone gets asked. Sure. you should. My uh, father is a Packer fan. Okay. In the 60s, they dominated. My, my grandfather bet on Green Bay all the time. So my dad was always in a house where they were rooting for the Packers. They were so always you, winning. So your grandfather was a, a degenerate gambler a degenerate and he spread gambler, that all the way down to me. spread that all the way down to me. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, so that's why you're a Packer fan. Yeah. And your whole family's Packer fans now? Or yeah, just, well. Do you have brothers or sisters My or brother's a 49er fan. My sister's a Packer fan. All my nephews are Packer fans. 49 So there's no Giant fans in your house? No giant okay. fans. That's awful. But okay, I get it. You fa- <laughs> See, now, in my mind, you're legitimate. You came from a long line of a Packer lineage. fans. Exactly. There's a lineage. And you could have rebelled against your father and became a, a Viking fan or a, or a giant fan. Could have rebelled. It happens. So now we're going to talk to Dave Sturch. The Sturch, who's a member of the Cowboys media. I got to ask him, uh, he's wearing that awful cowboy. Why are you, first of all, these cowboy hats should just be the star, the, the, the blue star. This is the, this is the exclusive 2021 draft day hat. Uh, I know, but. but <laughs> so I had to get it. But, yeah, of course you had to get it. Right. And I, I don't, I, yes, if it was a Yankee thing, I would have, but no. Totally. See, in the Yankee world, we have the interlocking NY on the hat. You don't wear a stupid hat. I, I 100% I, what, agree. What hat do I have on uh, You have the Rutgers hat. And, and what, what does it say on the The side? big old R. It's big R, okay? Yeah. So right away, you're like, he's a Rutgers fan. Or I could be like a Ramapo or, or Rowan fan, but you don't know that. No, you, you're that, wearing that's the. Rutgers. It looks like you work at White Castle. That's the same <laughs> colors, okay? <laughs> I want to see the Dallas Cowboys star, okay? But you're it's wearing, you're wearing the, it's all over the place, I know, which makes me sick. So, <laughs> so Dave, I got to ask you, mm-hmm. how did you become a Dallas Cowboy fan? Same as Gooch. I was raised this way. I didn't have a choice in the matter. My father, my father's a, the, a big Cowboy fan. Now, why was he a Cowboy fan? Well, he kind of wanted to go against the great back in, wow. Is wow. Aaron, the, the wow. Ghost of Aaron Rodgers. First of all, first of all, oh my goodness. Uh, the picture of Aaron Rodgers just fell off the wall while we're talking to a Cowboy fan. So listen to me. All you degenerate, ga- all you degenerate gamblers out there, the Packers are not going to the playoffs. <laughs> that gave me odds. Aaron Rodgers just fell off the wall. I feel hilarious. Now, I don't mind Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
because he's, you can leave it on the floor. Yeah, it looks yeah. that that tack looks like it's gonna yeah, g- collapse. But by the way, if you look, but if you look behind the, behind the walls here, it's very. I hope the intern <laughs> got that. Oh, he got that falling off the wall. So, so uh, my dad, my dad, in nineteen, he was born in fifty seven. So around nineteen sixty. Six, sixty-seven. He's nine, ten years they were old. New franchise. They were brand new. So he said, you know, he was tired of going to school, and everybody in in school was a giant fan. So he was like, you know what, I'm Probably going against the grain. Fan. Well, whatever. The Giants were good back then, right? So against the grain, went with America's team, and he fell in love with Tom Landry, and and, and so he just again. I was born in '85. The Cowboys stunk out loud, okay. but as I tell everybody. My mother's water broke during a Redskin Cowboy Monday Night Football <laughs> opener, and my dad told my mom to wait till halftime wow. to leave. So See it's that? in me. I am in the... So that's why that's you're... That's it, man. Yeah. That, why well, you're a cowboy fan. That well, is it. That, and I, I stuck I, with him. I had a great childhood, but ever since, it's, it's been crap. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, you had a great childhood, but when, you know, then since you've been nine, they, the Cowboys, was I say, uh, I've been on record of saying the Cowboys have been irrelevant since 1996. When's the last time? When January of 96. They yeah, won he, the I love he knows the month. It was nine. Well, 95 was the season. 96 was you know, the season. You it's funny. I was in Los Angeles. That was the play, play, played the Steelers, right? Yes, sir. I was at that game at a hot party in Los Angeles watching the Steelers. 96 um, was great for me. It was the Yankees winning the World Series and yes. the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. And you so. were still young. I was you were, 10. I was You were 10. Life was excited. Good. Yeah. Life, right. <laughs> So my job here, um, someday I hope this is going to be the longest running show on the Chop Sports Network. But my entire goal for doing this so show. So far you're in the lead. My, my, my entire goal for doing this show from now on is to make Der- Dave Sturgeo's child a giant fan. No, no. <laughs> there, there is a happen. better chance of this guy. Okay. Oh, no, there's no what way. What will happen is she, somebody in your both lineages is going to rebel. Right now, what we have is a lot of conformists here. Well, my dad, now I'm a Yankee fan because of my dad. I get it. I get it. I didn't rebel. So, um, my dad's my, a Mets fan. My nephew, Talk about a conformist only liking the team, the local team. That's conformist. That's called being a man. No, that's called conforming. No, that's called being a man. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want your daughter to become to a man. Else that's around <laughs> Please, but no. If she does, though, she'll make, there'll definitely be a giant fan if that happens. <laughs> Well, maybe I'll keep her as a cowboy. Called fan. being a man, but like my says. brother's kids, my brother's kids all during the because you guys grew up in the age of the fantasy football when everybody roots for players. Uh, Ten years from now, this is going to be the conversation. So you actually root for a team, like one team, <laughs> right? You know, you what? don't have a jersey. That I've says seen the latest. it. I've seen that. It's, kind of, I'm on, it's disturbing. That's I how I am it. with the NBA. I know but already. Again, again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, You're I making just, fun of my generation as a whole. Yes, so I am. The entire generation. Well, that, that didn't. That didn't you, really you know start. You told me. That's. You told me I'm part of Team LeBron. Well, that which means you just go. Are you so you go like he's the best player of all time? No, I want LeBron and, to win the finals now. Like I want LeBron to get why? as many just because. Why? And, he, and why, it's coming why, from why a guy not? who hates Tom Brady for all well, the success listen, he has. I hate Tom Brady. Well, That's I hate Tom Brady because of the Red Sox. It has nothing to do okay. with Okay, Boston, got yeah. it. I just texted Dave's daughter and said, <laughs> uh, football giants are on the air. And she actually sent me a voicemail. And your daughter, at age a uh, year and a half. Yeah, she's not even actually, two. Not even two. She just imitated Jim Gordon for me. <laughs> Very proud Gordon. She kind of just said, hey, Mr. Palumbo, this is Jim Gordon alongside Dick Lynch. Football giants are on the air. That is the goal to me, uh, to ruin all of the lineage, I, and someone's going to rebel, uh, you know, or maybe she'll be on Team Tom Brady. Um, but oh anyway, so so you guys, um, you guys have at one point had regular lives, mm-hmm. 
And now we're stupid enough to leave that and get into yes. podcast business. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, I'll go back to Chris now since we go back and forth. How did you get your start in the podcast world? Wow. My start was doing an MMA podcast, Mixed Martial Arts, Jimmy, for you and your generation that <laughs> yeah, don't right. understand what acronyms are. The mixed, UFC stuff. Mixed Martial Arts, the <laughs> UFC stuff. You know what MMA used to me when they when they run an ad and it looks like it's going to be a great boxing match <laughs> and all of a sudden the guy kicks you're like oh, let me get the remote I'm get watch that. <laughs> he's it's like, like my know, father and, and then you find it's like you human cockfighting I'm like right, what? And, and, and the rounds are like what nine seconds and uh, <laughs> and it's like oh my god it's the greatest thing in the world the They're whole battle five minutes right the 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 rounds are longer. So you got to just watch more. No, but anyway, no, they're not. Yeah, they are. They're longer, but the whole thing is short. It's shorter because you can't fight for twelve rounds. Sure, you can. I, Fist listen, fight. When 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 I was a, when I was an adult when I was younger, the, the the real MMA was on the air where guys were like actually could like stab and, and chew your nose yeah. off. <laughs> now the MMA they're all like in they're all in like they're wearing masks and gear. You can it looks and now women are good at it. I went through that phase. She's the greatest the boxer of all time. Remember that? What's her yeah. name? Yeah. Uh, uh, Chrissy Martin was there, and then no, Ali, yeah. Layla Ali. No, after that, uh, MMA girl. Oh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, Ronda. Oh, she could fight a man. She could fight no, a man. And then stop. that little skinny girl bitch slapped her all over <laughs> yeah. the place. I'm like, I watched that. So she I'm kicked like, you her know head what? directly off her shoulder. Oh, it was great. She did. Actually knocked it off. So you became an MMA fan. You did a podcast. Yeah, so we were doing MMA. an MMA podcast. That went on for a little bit. It wasn't my speed, so I left that and then stopped podcasting for a while. Then the pandemic hit. So it was, I lost my job, and I was sitting there. With a hobby that, like, knowing that I wanted to get right. back into it, so I said, "All right, I can't sit around." I, you know, I, I took some of the stimulus money and I bought equipment and started my own my own thing. That's and then what here the we stimulus are. money was for. Yeah. I pay, I paid off credit card debt, so <laughs> um, so that's how you got going. And then yeah. so now, Mister Sturcio, Mister mm. Cowboy fan mm-hmm. uh, or White Castle fan, <laughs> uh, we got to get a picture of that hat. It looks like a White Castle hat. I mean. um, it does. It looks like the thing on the box. Okay. Um, which makes no sense, but it's funny. Um, and how did you get your start in this? I know it was a Facebook thing, cowboy thing, but uh, go I, more on that. 2014, I tore my ACL because I used to be a professional wrestler. So, okay. what was your professional wrestling name? Destruction. Oh, but it wasn't the na- it wasn't the, the actual D, the, the D, D is and from the Cowboys. No, the D is from Dave. He's throwing shade at he you. Right I, right. You know what? I, I don't think it's from Dave. It was from Dallas. You wanted uh, to sure, D. sure, okay. but. 2014, so I, I was wrestling for a couple of years. And you have video on this? Oh, yeah. It's all over the, the old interwebs there. Go on YouTube. Got a couple <laughs> matches. So I wrestled uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You know who that is? Okay. No, I don't. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute. So please, everyone out there, go on YouTube to don't, watch please. Destruction Professional Wrestle, which I think is hysterical. So, yeah. So, so I was, you did that and you I, tore your ACL. I tore my ACL in the ring, and the guy was like, look, you got a voice for it. I went to the I went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in 2007. All right. And lo and behold. You went Artie Lang. Yes. Okay. And lo and behold, I uh, actually interned in 2007 for the New York Football Giants. So I had experience. And you know my boy, Steve Venditti. And I know Steven Diddy. Steven Diddy was so the wait, one now, to hire me. How did you get the job? Because, that, and you know what? That's why the Giants stunk. Yeah, cause I, well, because no, they won the Super Bowl the year I worked there. Which is incredible. That's because you're a cowboy fan. Exactly. It was all despite me. You brought, yes. I I got to see the trophy and I was like, this is disgusting. Can you go work for the Giants right now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if. How about this intern? Hey, Peter, go work for the Giants. My buddy (laughs) Venditti. Steve Venditti was a great guy. He's Ah, a great guy. Oh, boy. And uh, yeah, so I did that in 2007. So I have the the broadcasting 
background. Okay. So I hurt myself in, in fake wrestling, right? And I, a uh, buddy of mine who writes for one of the wrestling magazines or something like that says, you know, you got this background. Why, why don't you think about hosting your own podcast? So I did that, 2014. Okay. Kind of rolled for with For wrestling. That. Yeah, for professional wrestling. And then I branched off and did my own kind of sports thing. And then, like, it was just... For I've been chasing this now for fifteen years. So, so when when did it lead to more specific cowboy stuff? The pandemic. As a matter of fact, I I I started my own. So the fact that the pandemic killed a million people, but it it, made it resurrected. More, more, it made more people cowboy fans is very disturbing. Well, yeah. <laughs> so please get your so, vaccine. No, so what happened? Get your was, vaccine shots. So yeah. nobody can become a cowboy fan. So what happened was I I um like I said the pandemic hit. I lost my job and I was uh I was. Starting my own, I was going to try to start my own media company, similar to this. I had the structure in my head of what I wanted to do, but I was by myself. It's just difficult. I couldn't do it. So I was like, I'll just podcast. That's fine. So I had my own podcast. I reach out to Brett Ernst, who's okay. a comedian. He's all he over the place. Beer league. He was in beer league. I remember that specifically. Uh, and I said to him, I said, can you do, would you like to be a guest on my podcast entitled Stellar Sports Media Podcast. Because Stellar, like my daughter, Stella. Right? So I tried to do that whole okay. shtick. I tried. Sure. How come it wasn't called like D Stella? <laughs> for like it almost hours. was. No, okay. I'm kidding. Uh, and then he hit me up on a phone call and he's like, look, man, I've always wanted to kind of do my own Cowboys podcast. And he's like, we got to find something niche. So how about me, niche? you, my brother, his brother, Keith? Why don't we do a, a Cowboys podcast? But the shtick is... We're three guys from New Jersey. Okay. As Cowboy fans, we call it Jersey Boys. That's your boy. favorite person. Jersey right Boys. Right. Three of your favorite yeah, The Jersey Boys Cowboys podcast fans. was born, right? Matter of so- fact, I actually, I actually downloaded that podcast, but then when I realized it was downloaded, I deleted it because I was like, I can't have <laughs> so three Jersey one. Cowboy fans. So they lost three listeners. Right three, away. You know, and my brother, any Giant fan. So, yes, that, that, that. We, I self-promoted that for about six months. We got it up to about 20,000 downloads. That's cool. And, then, and that's all organic. And then uh, I had RJ Ochoa of SB Nation contact me and say, we'd like to, to kind of buy your podcast to be on our network. So that's okay. me, Brett, and Keith decided, let's do it. And around simultaneously the same time is when I... I wrote something on Facebook, some random fact, and somebody said, you should put that in Chop Sports. And I said, what are you even talking about? What, what is Chop Sports? And lo and behold, I've known Gooch for a decade so plus. Chop, so I went from so that, that to Chop Sports. And then I jumped in the, the Facebook group, started right. debating sports, and I said to him, I said, Chris, there's something more to this. They're, like, there's Their interactions is fine. I, 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 I compared it to jumping into a sports bar without the bar, like a virtual sports sure, bar, sure, you know? Sure. We all talk shit. We were talking shit before this podcast even aired. Right, you know what yep, I mean? Yep. So I said, there's there's something to this. So why don't we do our own podcast, right? And then podcast turned into somebody hit me up saying, hey, uh, can you do a commercial for me and air it on your podcast? I said, yeah, sure. Lo and behold, you know, here we are. That was January. It's now May, and we're sitting in, you know, a bunch of square feet of an office, and then we're right. just off to... Dr- and then we achieved greatness by then, bringing on the Jimmy Palumbo Show. The <laughs> so- Chicago Bills select in the first round Michael 
Sure. Right. Get so involved. We, we get you involved. I, listen, I, I, I'll, truth be told. I didn't realize you guys started in January. But yeah. You contacted me because I was thinking about Well, truth be told, I saw that you, we were friends on Facebook, uh, whether you just added randoms or not, because you probably saw a bunch you of mutual friends. You were a fan friends. of his. It was like, oh, I was I'm a, a fan su- of listen, League. Super fan. Super fan, right? Yeah, then you got here, and I'm like, never meet your heroes, because what a dick. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> so, no, so. I say that about I Cowboy lived, fans. I, Jimmy yeah, lived in my backyard, fan. literally our backyard. Yeah, and when he got here, he was like, so are you Dave or Chris? I was like, Jimmy, you don't fucking remember so, me. Well, the, the second week I, I got here, I met you the first week. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're texting and Facebook and you don't see the face or you know, guys don't care about shit like that. Right. So I met you and then I was talking to him. And so the third week I was like, okay, I said to myself, I don't know. <laughs> I don't Who know who's David, who's Chris. I got to figure. And then you were, you got, you were out for a couple of weeks or something. You yeah. Come on Mondays. And then I was like, okay, so that's Chris mm-hmm. and that's David. Okay. Now I have it as the Green Bay fan, the Green Bay fan and the Packer fan. But the only good news is, except for you, uh, Chris, um, you took the vaccine, which is that you're a Yankee fan. Yes. Okay. So that with being a Yankee fan with that, I'm, it's almost just as hard to be a Yankee cowboy fan. I am a cowboy fan. Almost. Um, are you trying to say I'm not a Yankee fan? I didn't get to you yet. Because <laughs> okay. so- I'm still worried about your team, LeBron. So you, are you going to be like, uh, you know, uh, maybe your team, A-Rod or something. He is, actually. He's a big A-Rod oh, guy. Rodriguez? Oh. Love, love A-Rod. Oh, please. Come on. If you got to go there, then you have Barry Bonds. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So that's where we're at. So that's where we're at. Yeah. So we're here on Chop Sports. And you're on episode nine. Episode number nine. And we do name the episodes with... Uh, um, so like next week, first of all, we can discuss it right now because oh, I, li- I like to. Howard? Well, I like to mix and match. It doesn't have to be baseball. Okay, ten. No, don't you dare no, do Eli. No, no, I won't do Eli. <laughs> believe throw, it or not, throw a pick on that one. Uh, he, I will not, edit that myself. No, b- believe it or not, as big as Giant fan, I, I love Eli, but I've always been aware of that. Like, because um, every Giant fan has to love Eli because. You know, he got two rings and he brought us to the promised land twice. But like, there was so many games. I was like, Eli's not really having a good game here. But then, you know what? Twice he got hot for four games in a row. That's what I always describe it. Most of the time, the Giants were nine. Just so happened to work for the Giants that year. I would love to (laughs) know. Terrible. I would love to know what Eli Manning's stats are in the fourth quarter on games they got. They got blown out by. Because I'm convinced. What does he have? Like forty thousand yards passing, whatever it is. Half of them are Giants down 35-7, Manning, that start the fourth quarter. And the final score, Giants lose 45-31, Manning, of course, 15 out of 16 you know for 190 yards. You, you know, know who loves those? The fantasy geeks. Yeah, I love they're that. Into, they're into that. So I'm convinced that Eli Manning is probably invested in, like, DraftKings or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. But, no, I, I love Eli because for what he uh, – I love Eli because he never said he's got that Derek Jeter thing. Um, anything he did stupid was on the field, and it was just like an interception or something like that. But he always faced the music. And all you young athletes out there, if you have a bad game or your team gets blown out and you're the guy making $50 million a year, uh, you have to go to the post-game press conference mm-hmm. and you have to face that barrage. Uh, I, even if it wasn't your fault, there might have been 10 drops or whatever. The defense gave up 90 points. Because when you stop doing that, fans, especially in New York, it's like, no, dude, you're not allowed to skip. Somebody skipped out on an interview this season, the NFL. I forget. Well, was it Roger? Somebody. Like I think that. it was Sam Darnold for the Jets. No, no, no? somebody. He's not that good. So somebody that was a stud, and he skipped out. I was like, dude, you can't do that. Like, you got to face the music, and you can tell when a player it happens with Kyrie. 
Irving. And well, he's a whole time. That's a whole other. That's well, that, we don't discuss the. That was know. some depressing stuff. When I worked for the Giants and they would lose games, I would be there to set up the press conference, and it's just it's somber. You have to be there though. Yeah, yeah. Eli comes in like, but you got to be there, right? Um, and even you got to be. I always love when I, what Eli used to do sometimes. When he was disappointed, like you're saying, but then you could tell that he was not happy either mm-hmm. with himself, with the team, the coaches, and the great players have a way of being terse, and they kind of, you know, and he was and one they of get the out of funniest there. dudes I've ever um, met. Funniest dudes I ever met, like to talk to. Like, right, he's so hilarious. I, well, I did two commercials with his brother Peyton. Yeah, that's right. Um, which someday I'll have to discuss that. Well, I can talk about it now. Peyton is uh is just as competitive. And they, he knows movie lines. And of course, once he found that I was in beer league, me and Peyton were doing a million lines. Mm-hmm. And I kept on saying, you know, I'm a fan of the Giants. Your brother Eli, and he was the one who told me. I don't know if I even discussed this on a podcast earlier. Um, the Eli had just won his second Super Bowl when I booked the first spot. And, for uh, Papa John's, for right? For Papa John's. Yeah. And I had to play a referee. And uh, so Eli, I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, it must be, you know, uh, kind of cool. You know, congratulations to your brother. Of course, you got your one Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. And he, he goes, are you from New York? Yeah, I go, yeah. He goes, you know, you guys in New York think I hate my brother. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. He goes, no, there was one clip I looked like. They, they cut to the booth, and I looked like I was aggravated when the Giants were winning. That's because the game wasn't over yet. I'm going through uh, the onside. Look for the, the run back, the pitch. I was still in quarterback mode. He goes, when me and my brother watch the games, when we, when we can watch each other play, we're, we're in we're in – we're we're like we're way ahead. Quarterbacks are always like when you shoot pool. You're it's like four w- shots listening ahead. to Tony Romo when he calls a game. That's why quarterbacks are uh, great. Greatest uh, to do at, it at right now. So, Greatest so uh, he goes, but no, because I, I, I love my brother. We're a very close family. Because <laughs> my father, I talk to him all the time. There's no the Mannings. Have Is there no another reason. one on the way? I don't even know. Like, no. in, in, are they done? No, There's a high school kid, but he's not a brother. He's a nephew. He's okay. a nephew. So he even told me he goes. One of the things I'm looking forward to when we both retire is I get to like see my brother a little bit, and he even said something. I'm like we'll probably do some kind of big. They were doing spots, commercials, and stuff. Maybe we'll do, you know, some spots together. I mm-hmm. look forward to seeing my brother. But he, you know, absolutely couldn't have been. Now in the second spot, I booked for nationwide. Um, he had just won, but he packed it in. So I said, "Hey, man," he knew who I was too because the, the the first time we shot the Papa John's, I had to blow a whistle in his ear. Okay, that's right. And I discussed this on a podcast. I think so. I think think at least you told us either behind the scenes or not. Uh, Episode one. Okay, episode one. one. When I blew the whistle in his ear, and everybody thought I was like, "Can't do the," and so, uh, but he when he met on the second episode. That's a Billy Martin episode. Billy Martin episode. (laughs) I was going to say Bobby Mercer, way better. Way, but Bobby Mercer is a better. So the goal. We're getting back to the number of the show. All you eighty-five year olds, Bobby Mercer. (laughs) Hang on one second. These eighty-five. Right, that's even funnier. Um, But on the second one. I would say, hey, we're root, you know, so glad you won, blah, blah, blah. But the producer of the spot says, Peyton Manning's here. Nobody talked to him. Like, no, you know, and I'm like, I was like, I think he's going to remember me. I was busting his balls over beer league and stuff. Like, he's got to. So we walked in. He was, Peyton is very nice, very professional, very nice guy. He goes, hey, everybody, how's it going? And no one said anything back. And then he sees me. He's like, he looks at me. He goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. He goes, oh, yeah, you're the beer league guy, Papa John. So he's giving me a big hug. I look over. The producer was giving me this asshole look. (laughs) Like I just said, I'm like, he's hugging me. Peyton's hugging me. (laughs) But I went back to my section where I said, you know, order up one chicken parm. My thing. But the the Mannings are certainly uh, uh, a very nice family. And um, 
I always wish them the best, and hopefully, I'll book another spot with Peyton Manning. I, maybe I'll have Peyton on my podcast. Yeah, get him on the speaking show. Of, uh, sure speaking me. of beer league, mentioned it before. Zero for eleven. Yeah, Jimmy, I, you're on my team now, so I don't I, know. You're gonna bat eleven. I've, I've been delaying. You threw some shade at yourself because in like episode two, you were like, "I got a base hit to win the game." Of course, I, I, but you I, really I, didn't. I, you were I, embellishing well, in episode one, or are you embellishing <laughs> in episode eight? I didn't say I won the game, and if I did, I was lying. But talk to anybody who's ever been on Howard Stern; they lie all the time. It's radio. <laughs> it's showbiz. It's entertainment. Um, yeah, your, your grandfather was a Packer fan. So the. Uh, <laughs> You know, I just realized there's a, there's a Patrick Ewing thing here. Yeah, that, she, first of all, that's that's going to be in the background of everything I do, right there. Look at that. And, um, and you know what's funny? You're, you're always doing announcing, right? You're always doing the Im- imitating, like Marv and all these guys. Have you ever listened to him in the '90s when he was announced by the the PA announcer? And Patrick M- Ewing. It was, but it. Uh, me and my buddies always said it was like an H sound, like. Trick. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't even hear the See, I, that's, it, It's one of those things. I'll, I'll never forget it. That, ever. Now, now we have. Now they got to say Julius Randle, but the guy doesn't do it as well now. So it's not. As yeah, fun. it's definitely a different dude. You know, it's definitely a different dude. But John, I, how exciting are the Knicks? Watching I, the Knicks this year. Knicks, this is fun. I, it's it's all about the Knicks right now. I don't understand why. I don't know why the inter. I mean, we hired a Brooklyn Nets fan, so I don't even know. Yeah, You're a Nets fan. Yeah. By the way, you've been recording that on your iPhone the whole time. It's my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> Really? Doing little clips. Okay, you shut it off every now and then because I, this, is, <laughs> this show is boring enough with the radio on. Now we're going to have it on video for a clip. Oh, yeah. Now, you're a Nets fan? Yeah. Don't Please don't say you've always been a Nets fan. That's a lie. Always been a Nets fan. Uh, n- n- always? Yeah, like, yeah. how? I grew up in New Jersey. I was a New Jersey oh, he's a New Jersey Nets fan. They don't play in New Jersey. So there was this perfect uh, opportunity to switch to the to the real boys. You're a Nets fan because they just decided to sign four of the yeah. greatest players of all time. <laughs> and they don't. That's another thing about the NBA. Uh, you know what? Nothing about the Knicks. Who's our best player? Randall. Julius Randall, okay. of course. And Julius Randall plays every night. Every night. Who's the best player on the Nets? We don't know because they play maybe Monday and then they play on a <laughs> And then this guy's out for a spiritual Thursday. holiday and this and one's got a... Harden's out indefinitely. Guarantee. Here we go. First round of the playoffs. The Nets are stacked here with Kevin Durant, Harden, and Kyrie Irving suiting up for the first time since November 8th. <laughs> I want that. And you know what? That. I'm telling you right now. I've told you this before. The, the Knicks will lose to the, the Chris Pauls, the, 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 yep. the Durants, and all that. And I, the, Nets will, the Nets will coast through the playoffs and the championship if those three guys are on the court. Except, um, except when they play the Lakers. No, I, 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 don't, I, think, I think they're, they're, they're going to beat them. I really do. Um, LeBron's great and everything, but I just think that's a three-headed monster. And I think guys like that only need like two games. It'll to be get fun. Together. But um, but I tell you what, right now though, nobody wants to play the Knicks in the first round. I, I want no one, I, I want the Knicks. Knicks Nets, wants, I want oh. the Knicks Nets somehow to link up. I guess in the second round, it would be. And like I was telling you last week, all I want out of that series is obviously it's going to open in Brooklyn. Right. I want the Knicks to steal Game One, uh, and the Nets one. fans will just be like, "What is happening okay, here?" But before we get too excited, uh-huh. just because we're on the date with the girl doesn't mean we're going to get laid. This is true. The Knicks have eight games to go. It's totally conceivable, and you know it too. They could very, they could play great and finish one and eight and end up in the ten game. Think about it. They play teams that are way better than us, mm-hmm. and the other teams I think have a favorable schedule. But I think we're only up like two games in the loss column. The good thing is, though, some of these teams already mailed it in, and they're kind of preparing for the playoffs. They're like their seat is locked. Yeah, but not up. if you're if you're the seven six. You, you, 
if, they're doing that playing stuff again this year. Yeah, seven. Garbage. I think it's uh, seven versus ten against eight versus nine. That's such like garbage, that. man. Oh but can God. you imagine the Knicks it's like participation all year. trophies? Like everybody gets a shot. <laughs> but if the Knicks, if the Knicks shit the bed in the last week, and they have to play in that playing game, you know they're going to lose. Oh, 100%. And then we're going to look stupid. The Knicks aren't playing in that playing game because they play too good a defense right now. Well, that's you know, that's the hope. Thibodeau. But I can't <laughs> they wait. They play Football. hard. There's effort. Even in blowouts, that team is showing effort. Uh, they, listen, the Knicks are so fun to watch. Uh, and in a weird way, they play team basketball. I don't know. They, like, seems that way anyway. They are a lock to not to play in the, that playing game. Not if you, They are a oh, lock. Man, God, now yeah, here yeah. we go. Yeah. He also said that Aaron well, Rodgers is going to be a quarterback of the Packers this year. We don't. We are. Ladies and gentlemen, we are running out of time. We do definitely do not have time to, for me to get into the Aaron Rodgers. All right, well, listen, I want to thank my Chop Sports crackhead crew, Dave Sturcho, Chris Gucci, and the lovely and talented Peter McNally getting involved here as an overpaid intern um, uh, for doing the show last minute because some guest blew me off, and eventually you know if he blows me off the next time. His, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's time to go in. You know what? We'll create a war because his podcast is much bigger than mine. Just a but little, I'm like just the Knicks. He wants nothing to do with Jimmy <laughs> He is the off. Nets, and we're right yes. there scraping along. The That's person right. that blew me off wants nothing to do with me right now. Much like the Nets don't want to play the Knicks, right? Yeah, but I'm worried about I, I, Let me clinch the four, five, or six. I just seat. want to get to the playoffs. That's it. All right. Jimmy Palumbo Show, episode number nine. Next week, you're going to have a very special guest, a Jimmy. A very special <laughs> guest coming up next week, and we'll see who that is. I may have a little something up my sleeve for next week. By the way, if you hear these two guys on the show next week. <laughs> yeah. The sleeve. I was wearing be, no sleeves. If, if Dave and Chris are on my show next week, it's going to be called the final episode. I'm done. <laughs> Palumbo, 10 episodes and out. Good evening here. Episode number nine, otherwise known as the Greg Nettles episode here. Or maybe, um, uh, <laughs> <That's not good. laughs> I looked at your face. You were like, you were fucking. A fucking piece of paper. I just, oh, you know what? I'll just print it. Oh. You know what? I totally did. Definitely talking about that.